What is up, everybody, and welcome to the Joe Kilgallen Podcast, aka Kilgallen's Pub. I'm your host, Joe Kill Fucking Gallon. I hope you all had a wonderful weekend. I really do. I hope you got in some exercise. I hope you got some fresh air. I hope you ate some delicious food. I hope you took some healthy, healthy dumps because that's important, damn it. Sometimes you got to take stock of your situation and be like, when was the last time I took a good old healthy shit? Huh? Is it coming out too hard? Are you going in there and you're bracing? Are you having moments where you're clenching your fist thinking this, this must feel like childbirth if you've never given childbirth? You must be thinking that's what this feels like. If, if this is what it's like, but for hours, oh my God, we need to be better to women. If you ever have that thought, you need to change up your diet a little bit. Drink more water, move, stay loose, right? Sometimes you think, I don't have time to exercise. You can do wind sprints in your home. No one else will think you're crazy, I think. I'm not sure. I don't know who you live with. I don't know your situation, but I definitely think you got to move that body. All right? I, what else do I hope you did this weekend? I hope um, you had some sexual fantasies come true. There, you, there, I said it. I, I hope you did. I hope you were like, I finally got to do this weird thing I always wanted to do. I finally got to do a position where one of us was on one leg balance. We, we trained. That'd be something. To have such a... A fantasy sexually that you have to train to achieve it. You know, you and your partner talk it over and you're like, all right, well, here's what I want to do. I call it the Statue of Liberty, but we're not actually like the Statue of Liberty. We're just a statue, but we call it the Statue of Liberty because that makes it cooler, right? Because it's like one of the most famous statues, but we're going to act like a statue. So it's going to take incredible balance. So we're going to need to start training. Uh, we're going to do two a days for the next six months, right? That's an intense thing. And, and whatever couple could achieve that together, they're meant to be. They'll, they'll, they'll weather any storm, I believe. All right, enough of that. Let's start with some gratitude like I always like to do on this podcast. I'd like to thank you, the listener, and especially my Patreon subscribers. You guys are amazing. I hope you enjoyed the latest bonus episode of the Patreon that I just dropped a couple days ago. I hope you enjoyed that. Thinking about doing a crib-style edition of my office because the office, you only see this side of it. Right, you only see like the little knickknacks behind me and all that stuff, but there's a whole bunch of stuff behind the camera that are pretty cool too. So I think I'm gonna do that for the Patreon as well. And um, yeah, anyone who subscribes to my YouTube channel, uh, you guys watching the videos there, really appreciate that. Uh, if you haven't, just let them play. Even if you're if you work in an office setting, go to everyone's office, open up a second tab, and then just type my name into YouTube and just click play on the videos. I think there's like a, a playlist or a mix and they'll just keep playing on a loop on all the computers. And that would help me a lot. If you guys want to do that, thumbs up your way. Okay. So, uh, some crazy things to talk about today. Not really crazy. It's not, it should be expected at this point. News broke on the internet this morning that stand-up comedian as a former SNL cast member, Movie star, would you call him a movie star? I don't know if he's a movie star. He starred in a movie or two, but movie star, I'm not going to give him that much. Although I do have tons of respect for this man. Pete Davidson, everyone. It is now said, I don't know if it's like confirmed, confirmed, but a lot of sources have it that Pete Davidson and Emily Radzikowski, I believe is how you pronounce her last name, are now a thing. Now, if you don't know who Emily Radzikowski is, she is a supermodel. And an actress now, I believe a little bit of an activist, which is like fucking everybody is, it feels like. What does it even take to be an activist now? You tweeted a couple times, you threw some money at a cause, you, you went for a walk with a, a million other people. What is it? I don't know. I like her though. I've seen videos of her. She's got like a new podcast. So I've seen some clips of it on TikTok, I want to say. 
she's stunning, but she first broke out onto the national scene, the global scene, in the music video for Blurred Lines by one Robin Thicke, son of the late great Alan Thicke, who was the dad in Growing Pains and was a musician himself. He did the theme song to Different Strokes, uh, which was a TV show in the 80s. Fun fact for the children listening. Good show. So a show that I probably couldn't convey now. We'll talk about Different Strokes another time. Real quick, if you've never heard of Different Strokes, it was an 80s sitcom where old, rich, white guy adopts two young black kids. I just feel like that wouldn't get made today. <laughs> it's just going out on a limb. Even though I had some good messages on that television show, if I recall, I watched the reruns in the 90s. So he is dating her after dating Kim Kardashian. And I think there was another smoke show in between. Who else? I think there was a Kate, one of the Kates, a Beckinsale. Was she one of the ones he was planting? Um, I should be saying this with a little more class. These are wonderful women, I'm sure. But maybe they talk like this too. Maybe they're going, guess who I'm dicking down? Pete Davidson. I don't know if they would say it that way. How do women talk? Would a woman say like, guess who I'm slamming my vag into? Right? Guess guess who's cock I'm grinning? <laughs> All right, that was that was insanely graphic. Man, um <laughs> I do like the idea of women talking like this though. I hope they do. I hope when we're not around, maybe that's why they go to the bathroom together in pairs at bars and restaurants so they could really let this out. But I don't know why they wouldn't be open about it. That would be really funny if a couple of women were in the bathroom and they were like, see the guy by the dartboard? Oh man. I'm going to make him do a lot of shit to me later, right? Like if they were just talking like that, like, oh, that guy, I am going to shove his face up my puss, right? I don't know. I just, I like that, the idea behind that. Okay, so um, yeah, there was Beckinsale. We all know Kim Kardashian. We'll get to the, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about him and that Kanye stuff, which is crazy. He was with Ariana Grande. He was with, um, I'm sure there's several women I'm missing. Why not just find out? I'll, I'll try to search that real quick to try to make it interesting at the same time. But I have a lot of respect for this guy because he's putting up, I mean, his Hall of Fame is looking like, wow, right? Like if you are going to date Pete Davidson, you have to be someone who is not only beautiful on the eye, but it feels like they're well-rounded in industry. You know what I mean? Like these are very wealthy women uh, who aren't just... You know, they're not just your typical, you know, it's because look, there's been a lot of uh, famous people who date hot women, but they're often, it's like, who the hell is she? I mean, she's gorgeous, but who is she? Oh, a third shift at Cheetahs. You know, I met her. Phenomenal lady. You know, like it's not, these are women who are like, you know, again, Emily Radzikowski is written a, wrote a book recently. She uh, probably has a fashion line. I mean, it feels like there's a lot going on there. As we all know, Kim Kardashian has her greedy fingers in every goddamn pie she could put them in. So I'm sure. Maybe maybe that's why he left SNL. He's thinking, I need to shack up. I need to marry one of these rich women that I'm always, you know, hooking up with. And that'll be my 401k. Because I'm, I'm sure he's not really too worried about money. But who knows? Uh, and for a guy who's very open about his mental health problems, which, again, I respect you for, Pete. If this is part of your therapy or if this is like what, how you get out of your depression, you wake up. Because I've heard him talk about it. He's very open. There's been interviews where he's like, I know I, what I have to do. I have to do certain things every day. I have to make sure I get some, I go outside, get some sunlight, drink a lot of water, like all these things just to get his mind right. Because he's he's got pretty severe depression from what I understand or from what he has stated. And he's mentioned, he's talked about there's been moments of uh, suicidal thoughts. And he's just like, I just can't though. You know, I've got a mom and a sister. So he thinks about them, which I which is great, you know. Um, but if this is his thing where he's like, 
I'm so depressed. What can I do? Um, you know, I'm just going to go out in the world, uh, get some fresh air. You know what I mean? Do a little cardio. Maybe, maybe I'll lift some weights, get some really good food in me. That always makes me feel nice. And, you know, I'm just going to go uh, slam some of the hottest women in the world. I think, I think I'll do that. All right. All right. Give me a good day. Like that's his mindset. And that's how he's going to beat his depression then. Respect. All right. So Pete Davidson. I'm going to type in Pete Davidson women. Should I type that in? Will that help me out? By the way, don't ever do what I did. I, you know, how people get sick of the uh, autocorrect on their phone. I took it off recently. Huge mistake. Huge mistake. Uh, is there anywhere that has like the list of his ladies? Dating history. All right. This is from page6.com, which sounds very official to me. And this was August of 2022, so I think we've even missed a couple. All right, we've got Carly Aquino, who I believe is a stamp comedian. Yeah, girl code. Uh, she's an attractive lady. I know people who know her. I think I've heard good things. Then he dated, oh my God, he dated Larry David's daughter, Cassie David, or Casey David, C-A-Z-Z-I-E. I think Cassie is how you pronounce it. Um, they didn't date that long, maybe like two, about two years, which actually that's a long time for this guy. Ariana Grande then was after her after Ariana Grande, Kate Beckinsale, but 20 year age gap though. But Kate Beckinsale normally gave her shit. It's funny to me how when there's age gaps and if it's the, if the guy's like 44 and the woman's 24, it's like you piece of shit. But in her case, I remember people being like, fuck yeah. Finally, a woman turns the tides. Finally, they switch it around. And I'm like, well, there's consistency for you, huh? All right. Next on the list, Margaret Kualali. I mean, he must have dated her for like a month. I don't even know who the hell she is. It was a hot and heavy summer. Yeah, one summer. Uh, the couple spotted in Venice. Everyone's always spotted in Venice, huh? Oh, Andy McDowell's daughter. That's who it is. He likes famous people's daughters. I mean, I'm seeing a picture of her. She is a very attractive woman. And Pete Davidson, look, a lot of people have the thing with him where they're like, I don't get it. Okay. And for those people, I'm like, you don't know certain types of women. I'm not saying all women, but there are, and, and there's guys who have the same view towards, you know, if you flip it around, whatever your sexuality is, right? He, tall dude, right? Successful, funny. Um, he's got like a swagger. You can't deny that. Pete Davidson's got a swagger. Tatted up, right? Part of it kind of has like, a, you know, I got a toothpick in my mouth. I don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? Like, what do you want to do? You want to do? I'll do whatever. Let's go have fun, right? Yeah, he kind of seems very chill. I'm sure he gets mad sometimes and raises his voice. I can't imagine it. And uh, and the rumors have to be true. At this point, the rumors have to be true. The dude's swinging some pipe, right? The, the guy's got a, sh a swing schwang. He's he's got a long one. Um, I mean, Ariana Grande. I'm pretty sure Big Dick Energy. That was the rumor was that was Ariana Grande. Ariana Grande kind of coined the phrase or, or made it. I don't know, mainstream it was reference to him. I don't know how the fuck this guy, how did that not cure your, your depression? Pete Davidson. If you're walking amongst humans and you know, I'm the reason big dick energy is like a phrase that the whole public was using for a while. I inspired that like, dude, you'd think that would be the instant cure. That's how, you know, mental health is real. Everyone. If being the person who inspired a phrase like big dick energy doesn't immediately cure your depression, then you know it's a chemical imbalance thing. It's mental. It's real. You know, people need to respect mental health. All right. After that, there's someone named Kaya Gerber. Picture of her. Very, uh, very sexy. She's in a little bikini there. Um, he does kind of have like a, 
you know, if his weight fluctuates one way or another, you're a little bit thinking, is this guy, uh, is he, are you dying? Are you okay? Are you sick? I don't know what it is. Um, but yeah, he's, he, you know, he's, he's not an ugly guy. I just think he's not traditionally like hunky that you'd see. I think people in America, especially America, we're so used to seeing like the Brad Pitt types with all the smoke shows with all like the model types, you know, you're oh, like Tom Brady quarterback, go, you know, being with the Giselle adds up. So when they see a guy that looks like he would, you know, sell you drugs and not even drugs that you particularly want, you know, it kind of makes sense. All right. And then Olivia O'Brien, I feel like she sings or wants to sing. She, I've seen her before on Instagram posts, so she's pretty good. Then someone named Phoebe, um, she was in Bridgerton, an actor, Phoebe Denier, whatever. I mean, she's beautiful. That's beautiful. The other ones, I'm like, it's a hot girl. This is a beautiful woman. This is one, you know, you kind of go for the marriage thing with. Uh, Kim Kardashian, we all know about. And then after Kim, we now have Emily Rajkowski. I'm telling you right now, if you have not seen the Blurred Lines video, she is uh, topless throughout the whole thing. But to me, that wasn't the sexiest thing. Look. I, I think all breasts are amazing. So that like seeing her breasts weren't like, Oh my God. Right. They were pretty spectacular though. It was her like smiles, her face to me and the way she played along, like in that video, which pissed a lot of people off that video, um, got feminists re in a real uproar. It was directed by a woman though. I feel like, uh, it needs to be stated as if to say, like, you know, I, I think I mentioned that more to be like, not all, not everyone, people need to stop thinking everyone of a certain ilk thinks the same way. Not all women agree on things. Just like not all men agree on things. Not all like black people agree with each other. I've heard people say like, oh, well, this guy was mad. And I'm, and I'm like, well, then that guy wasn't. So it's like people are individuals. So you have to understand that. So the women who were offended, they have the right to be right. You have the right to be whatever the fuck you want. I'm just wanted to be clear on both sides here that a woman did direct this. And in the video, they're running around like topless. You know, and so I can definitely, there's a strong case for this is an objectification. And I would agree. I would agree they were objectifying women in this music video. It still, still was very fun to watch though, uh, because there's one part where she does like a meow and it was like, okay, all right. Uh, that was a very, very good how you did that. You, she lip synced it perfectly. And, um, and yeah, and I don't know if their dancing was particularly good, but the song was catchy. And then a lot of people had problems with the song Blurred Lines by Robin Thicke, also featuring T.I. and who's the other dude, Pharrell. And the the problems a lot of people had with it was that the song, he keeps singing, you know, you want it. And people are like, mm, that's kind of got a, it's got a rapey vibe to it. Right. And I don't know if it, uh, I don't think that's what the intent was. He said he was singing it to his wife. So I think your own wife, you should know when they want it. I know you want it. Uh, that type of thing. Um, yeah, just something, something curious about where, you know, is that like, I don't know. That's why I don't like diving into song lyrics too much, unless it's clearly obvious, right? Unless there's some song that's clearly saying, kill everybody. That's some weird subliminal shit. Uh, so back to, back to Pete Davidson. I just, mad, mad respect for this guy. You know, I think he's, he's trying to live his best life and, and who knows, maybe it's just a fling. Maybe they're both going to come out and be like, we're just banging for a little while. This isn't serious. Good for them, too. I don't know why we're so infatuated with the dating, dating lives of celebrities. We are. But I just wanted to bring this up because I'm like, it has become an impressive batting lineup for this guy. His roster is just, it's it's stacked. 
he's doing very well for himself. So Pete Davidson, salute to you, my friend. All right, here's something I was thinking about recently. I don't know if it's because I'm getting up there and you know I'm in my late 30s now, everyone. I've been a boxer briefs man for a while, but still have a few pairs of regular boxers. And I've been wearing the regular boxers lately and I feel better. I think I'm like done with boxer briefs. I don't know what it is. I've been exercising more, I've been working out more. And maybe I'm getting too personal with you guys, but I like I like a looser situation. I don't like the I don't know what it is. Boxers were really popular in the 90s. Then everyone switched to boxer briefs. Now, women specifically say they like the look of boxer briefs better. Because I understand that. Because when you're wearing boxers as a guy, your ass looks terrible, right? Because boxers are loose. So, right? They're just kind of flowing. You know, there's not, they, they put no shape to them. But when you wear boxer briefs, there's some shape. It shapes your butt a little bit as a dude. And it kind of puts your junk in a package. So that's why I think women on their eyes and, and men, anyone who likes men, I don't know why I have to clarify that sometimes. Um, I'm just trying to bring everyone together. That's what this comedy podcast is about, everyone. They, you know, I can understand that from their point of view. They like the look on the eye. Like it's visually more pleasing to see their fella in boxer briefs. But I don't know if other dudes have felt this way. I've, I'm switching. I'm switching back. I'm going back. Look, 90s fashion's coming back top to bottom. I'm seeing it every day. I saw it all summer long, even into fall. Women are showing off their, it's called the bare midriff. They're showing off the stomachs. They're showing off, you know, that was huge in the 90s. That went away. That went away through most of the 2000s and maybe late 20 teens as it started to roll back around. But these last two years, I've definitely seen a lot of it post-pandemic. And I see the jeans are coming back. I'm seeing very 90s style jeans getting looser. I haven't, the, the tight jean thing is really fading away. Gen Z still does have its own marks on some stuff. They like that whole longer t-shirt thing. And then the sweatpants uh, where it gets tighter from the knee to the ankle. It kind of like cuffs down at the ankle. That's that's actually a decent look. I'll give them credit on that one. But I'm going, I'm going back to boxers. I'm going back to boxers. I really think uh, I just like the, the natural feel to it. As a fella... I could say walking around naked always feels great. So then I thought to myself, like, that's the closest wearing boxers is the closest to that feeling as I could get. And as someone who's responsible for a lot of stuff, I'm a comedian and, you know, a comedy's career, it feels like you're spinning plates. That's what it feels like to be a comedian often. It feels like I've got to keep spinning all these plates. And if one plate starts to wobble, I got to run over and spin that real fast. There's a lot to keep up with. I'll give you a real quick example. And this is not complaining. I am incredibly grateful. I love what I do. Fucking love it. But I'm, I'm just to explain what it is. And it can be, you know, if you're not careful and if you're not organized, it can creep up on you. So Friday and Thursday, Thursday, Friday, I booked a few uh, show, some shows. So I confirmed some bookings, which is great. They're allowing me to have my own openers. Also great. They wanted them like right away. I don't know why they wanted them right away. It's like, we could wait. The dates aren't tomorrow or this week. Let's, you know. So then I have to hit up some people. I have to, I have to think about who's going to fit well with the crowds and the venues. Hit up a couple people. Oh, they can't do it. All right, that's that's fine. You know, I got to hit up a couple. So then you're waiting on some stuff. Then while that's happening, you have meetings. And it's like, well, I got to go to that meeting. Oh, I'm going to be a guest on my friend's podcast. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Lisa Traeger. I did her podcast on uh, Saturday, her enemies podcast. I don't know when the episode comes out. 
maybe next week or something. Uh, and so like, it's just like doing stuff like that. And then while you're doing that, you might slip behind your own thing. Cause then someone will say, Hey, you were supposed to text back someone about that thing. It's like shit. And I have two children, you know? So I don't have a lot of free time during the day. You know, I take them to school, but my three-year-old son's only at school for a couple hours. And with driving back and forth, I really only have an hour during the week. I really have an hour and maybe, maybe two hours of true free time. Now, when my son's around, I'll try to like, be like, Hey, we'll have a snack break. You want a snack? I'll give him a little snack. And then I'll try to like answer some emails and things like that. Now, what does this have to do with my unders- underwear situation? It has to do with the fact that when you get older and really it sh- you shouldn't have to wait until you get older, you should figure this stuff out sooner. Cause I feel like people get overwhelmed. They get stressed out and they don't, they think of the main things that stress them out. And often those main things are going to be there. They just are certain things in your life. You know, your morning commute might stress you the fuck out. And it's like, well, God, I wish I didn't have to drive through all this shitty traffic. Okay. Well, maybe I could take the train. No, because the train doesn't stop near my work. You know, there's, so there's some things you're just like every day I'm going to have to sit in traffic. I have to deal with that shit. So that can't go away. But what you can do is things around your life that might make it. So that's not, you know, take away those other stresses. So how can you be more comfortable? That's why you ever see really old people. They're always, they always look comfortable to me because they just stop giving a fuck or they realize that's most important. They're no longer dressing to please other people. They're dressing to please themselves. So I think I am switching, you know, as I, as I'm talking, as I'm recapping in my brain, everything I just talked about the last three minutes or so about my underwear situation, nobody cares or no, none of you actually know. I don't think anyone here ever, ever thought, I wonder what Joe's wearing. I just want you to know this is more, this is a tip. This is a tip to everybody. Be comfortable uh, in your underwear game because, you know, you don't want, that's, think about that area, right? That's it's a special area. That's a sort, it, it helps create life, right? A lot flows through there, you know? So if you're out there thinking to yourself, like, I can't afford satin, you know what? Splooge. Fuck it. You only live once. Take care of yourself, wear something comfy. Get yourself in a nice zone. I think that will really help. That'll just help everyone's mental flow. This your state, right? All right, cool. <laughs> I got that out of the way. Um, a lot going on coming up. I'll tell you guys some dates I got coming up. I will be featuring for my buddy Steve Byrne at the Improv Comedy Club in Schaumburg, Illinois. The Friday, Saturday, and Sunday after Thanksgiving. So I believe that's the 25th through 27th. Uh, early warning, December 9th. I will be headlining my own show in Glenview at the La- laughing Academy in Glenview, Illinois, uh, pretty much everything. I got a lot of laugh factory dates at the Chicago laugh factory in December as well. I'm trying to think of anything else coming up. Oh, if you are in the Northwest suburbs club, 400, go to club, 400 cubs.com. They're throwing a music trivia night and it's going to be a really fun night. And I'm acting as like the MC for the evening. Uh, these people like to party. Uh, there's, it's just a really cool event. Even if you're not a Cubs fan, you, you know, if you're just a music trivia person, check that out. All right, cool. Got a couple little quick announcements out of the way. A lot of times people save those for the end, and by the end, you guys are already fucking turning it off. So, um, also just a little teaser. I mentioned on the Patreon, I've got something in the works that I think is going to be really great. Um, and again, if you guys have any questions, any of you, I, I know I've got uh, some diehard listeners. So, any of you diehards. And I know there's some diehards that don't subscribe to the Patreon, which I totally understand. I totally understand. I don't begrudge anyone for it. But if you have any tips or anything you like about the podcast, you want to keep going, 
any subject matter, like you find a cool story where you're like, I want to hear Joe's take on that story, send it my way. I think uh, it'll be a really cool thing to talk about with you guys. All right. So uh, I don't know the history, the, the future of Twitter. I haven't really mentioned this yet. Elon Musk has taken it over. And it, I've noticed a difference, though, in just scrolling through Twitter. I have, I've noticed that I am seeing more right wing stuff. My Twitter was never super political. My Twitter is more sports oriented. I've longtime listeners know I've never really loved Twitter. I find it, I find the people that are most active on it tend to be really full of shit or at least full of themselves. They might know what they're talking about, but they really act like you can tell they live inside a world where Twitter is the most important thing to them. Every tweet becomes a thread. Um, just it's, it's, it's kind of an obnoxious site because it's not based in reality. That's been always my, one of my big gripes with it. I'll give you an example right now. I've got, um, I'm in a group chat and they're arguing about or something or talking about something that's upsetting to them. And I'm like, I don't know anyone talking about that thing. Who's talking about that? And they're like, Oh, I saw people tweeting about it. And I'm like, okay, but did anyone in your real life say anything? That's what's nice about going out. And that's why it wasn't. And that's, you know, I remember during the first wave of the pandemic when everything was really locked down thinking, what's the big deal? We're all grounded. It's not like people are out having fun. And you can't be unless you're in Florida. They didn't shut down for shit, apparently. And uh, so but now as you know, we're a couple of years removed from that. I am realizing the importance of being in a community, you know, being part of something, because if your community is online, you there's a disconnect. I think there's an online reality and a real life reality where in real life, people are focusing more on things that matter. I, you know, and are, are things that are at least less contentious. Not too often are you around people where they're bringing up things that are going to make people uneasy. Where on the internet, people have that courage to be like, well, I'm going to tweet some real shit that's really going to fire people up. And I think a lot of people know that. They know how to push those buttons and how to pull those levers to get you all crazy. Because my one friend in this group chat, he wrote like a long ass paragraph and he goes, I don't get these people responding to tweets with paragraphs. I'm like, dude, you just sent us three paragraphs about it. You know, you can't say who gives a shit and then send, you know, an essay to us because you clearly give a shit. Otherwise you wouldn't send the essay. I haven't even responded to the thread because I don't give a shit. I legitly don't. And it doesn't fire me up. And even if I think like, yeah, that is dumb. I don't care enough to fucking talk about it. Because I know how the game works. I know whoever wrote the article. I'll tell you what it's about. Jay, uh, Jeff Saturday, the head coach for the Indianapolis Colts. Some people are saying like, oh, him getting hired is some kind of racism or something, which I don't know. He's He was a longtime Colts player. He's very popular. Ownership likes him. Uh, probably isn't his turn. He had no head coaching experience before this. If their qualm was in off-season hiring practices, there has to be, you have to interview uh African-American candidates. That's part of the NFL rules because there was evidence that there was, there was, there was like, you know, they weren't inter even interviewing black coaching candidates couldn't even get interviews. And these were people who were overqualified for these head coaching positions. So I thought, Oh yeah, that's totally a fair thing. That is great. But since it's an in-season hire, I wonder if there's a difference there. Regardless, I think, uh, I know whoever pushed that was someone who was like, this will get people talking which will lead to clicks on my article, which will lead to more money for me. 
And and I'll be frank with you guys. Sometimes I think about doing a form of that, but I want to do it honestly. It's like YouTube thumbnails. Every now and then you'll see a YouTube thumbnail that really sticks out and you're like, okay, I better see this one's boobs in it because there's boobs in the thumbnail. And then you don't see it and you feel cheated. But did they talk about that person and they just use a sexy photo? When I used to do the fuck, Mary kill segment on this, it would be oftentimes with actors and actresses. So I put those actors and actresses in the thumbnail, but in the video, you never saw pictures of them. And then sometimes I'd throw it up like on the screen, what they would look like. My point is that like, there are some ways to get people to come check out your stuff because you want to be appealing to the eye without completely lying. I think the thing with Twitter is that it's words and the words lie and words matter. To me, words matter more than image, than than an image. You know, like there was one where there was a, today on the news, I saw something. It was like shooting near University of, there was a shooting in Virginia, by the way, which is terrible. So, you know, heart goes out to everyone there. Um, but there was, uh, I didn't get to talk about, well, hold on, I'm sorry. Let me, let me hunker down here and stay on point. There was a shooting near the University of Idaho. And they wrote, the caption said, you know, four people found dead near Idaho University. And it kind of bothered me a little bit because I think most people would take away like, oh my God, four people were killed at Idaho University. I'm like, no, it wasn't at the university. It was just near it. See, I kind of think they knew by saying Idaho University it would make people lean forward being like, was there another shooting on a school campus? Oh my God, are kids just not even safe at college? You know, it's one of those things where it's, you know, like in DePaul University is located in the Lincoln Park neighborhood of Chicago. Someone gets shoot three gets shot in the head three blocks away, and they write like shooting at DePaul University. It's kind of misleading, you know. That's that's the stuff that I think really kind of bothers people about Twitter and the news media. And the news media is what made Twitter such a big deal. Twitter's genius, though, when it started, was the verification thing that Elon Musk is totally fucking up you know, the blue check mark, because it made it where celebrities could communicate directly to potential fans and they could kind of do their own press releases and things like that, which in a lot of ways, Twitter hurt the print media, you know, meaning newspapers. And then the, you know, media, media that, you know, news networks, they then would use Twitter as a source for things and they would share your tweets and they were really big on Twitter and they liked the idea of gaining a lot of followers on Twitter for each of one of their shows. Like, you know, Tucker Carlson has his millions of followers and, you know, Joy Reid. And I'm trying to think of people on CNN, um, Anderson Cooper and all that kind of stuff. So then they can not only will they push a narrative on their actual television airwaves, but then they keep that going on Twitter. And then it could trickle down to Facebook and other stuff. Facebook has just become, I don't know, I might lean back into Facebook when it comes to like show promotion because I got I to gotta figure something out. If you've come long, this long into this episode... I will be straight up honest with you guys. My numbers have like been pretty bad podcast wise over the last over a while, you know, and I remember being like, how long has it been this bad? And it's it's it was something I never really looked in the numbers that often because I thought to myself, just enjoy it. And I do enjoy doing this for, for about 30 minutes. Once a week, I come on here and I just get to free form. It feels like freestyle rapping in a sense where I just come up here and I talk pretty much for 30 minutes straight about whatever there might be some prepared stuff like you know talking about pete davidson's relationships or about how i'm switching to boxers and then there's stuff where it's just like now nah, fucking i'll see what it comes up 
you know, maybe a, something will pop in my head and then I'll go off on that. And it was nice doing the podcast the other way with the interviews was a good time and it still could be pretty fun, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't always enjoy that as much. Certain episodes I enjoyed a lot. Other ones I didn't. And maybe I need to, I don't know. I got to figure something out. Cause I, I listened to the playback and there were some episodes where I'm like, this episode sucks. And there were some episodes where I'm like, this shit's fucking hilarious. Especially the first 15 minutes. Why aren't more people checking this out? And I, maybe it's cause the, I shouldn't have changed the name of the Joe Kilgallen podcast. I thought that would have helped me more with Google search people, you know, like my standup, my stamp comedy clips were doing very well on a few platforms, but the podcast clips weren't. So I thought, all right, by just making it all under my, the umbrella of my actual birth name, that'd be smart. And then, but I, and the numbers stayed pretty strong for a while there. But now I'm thinking if you don't know who I am and you're just randomly looking for a new podcast to check out, does the Joe Kilgallen podcast stick out to you? I don't know. But then one of the biggest podcasts around right now is the Tim Dillon show. You know, Joe Rogan, before he started his podcast, already had some notoriety in a lot of different fields as a stand-up comedian, as an actor who's on a big hit show, news radio, and some other things. So I'm not talking about him. But Tim Dillon and I were relatively at the same spots in our career five years ago. I, you know, five years ago, I was, was in LA at the time. He was in New York. We relatively were right around, you know, and that dude... Although he's very, he was very good with social media, way better than I ever was. And he found his style and what he wanted to say. Some of it's not real though. I mean, I'm not even knocking Tim. I think he's hilarious. And, you know, I've had a few, I've met him a few times and a good guy. Um, but like, I'm wondering, and I only bring him up because it's like his podcast is his name. So did he, I wonder, I would like to talk to him about this maybe one day if I ever get a shot, if I run into him again. What was it that, did people already flock to him because of his tweets and all that kind of stuff? And his stand-up obviously was was really strong. And then he started the podcast and they're like, well, we got to hear this guy in podcast form. Did he develop an audience, a big audience first? And then through that, he announced to them, hey, I'm actually going to do a podcast too. And people were like, oh, fuck yeah. Then the podcast did so well that other people were like, you got to check out this Tim Dillon guy's podcast. And then that, you know what I mean? Cause there are some people who start with like nothing. The are you garbage podcast, which uh, my boy Toby McMullen, who directed my third hour, I didn't say anything bad, but you could check out on YouTube. He is their producer. It's with uh, H Foley and Kevin Ryan. And Kevin Ryan's actually a comic who opened for me back in 2018. We did a run through the upper peninsula of Michigan, Wisconsin, and Minnesota. And he uh, opened for me. Great guy. Hilar- hilarious. I remember when I met him, he like, this dude's really funny. And uh, they started that podcast and they had, neither of them had any following at all. And through that, they're now, they're both doing amazing. They're killing it. The podcast does insane numbers. They're selling out tours, um, bringing the podcast on the road to different comedy clubs and selling out. And I love stories like that because sometimes the podcast field gets crowded with like, oh, cool. So glad Jason Bateman and his friends are starting a podcast. Like, of course, that's going to do big numbers immediately. Because they already have big numbers. So I like the stories where it's two people who didn't have any numbers on any platform, really. They had no fan base, no real audience, like real audience to speak of. Started a podcast, and it was just good, good. And then, you know, yeah, they got some bigger guests on and stuff like that. And then once they got really big, they were able to get tons of guests on. You know, when they were seven episodes in, they weren't going to get some of the huge names they've gotten. 
you know, they had Louis C.K. on recently. They've had, um, I'm trying to think of others. They've had some really big names on there where I'm like, yeah, they're probably not getting that guy if when they were a handful of episodes in, they kept building it and then it got really big numbers. And then people got heard it's a fun podcast and then they were able to check it out. So yeah, they started at the bottom and literally just grew. So the podcast is what propelled them. So that's just kind of one of those things where I think I need to just do some homework on it and really dig into what it is. And if having guests back on is going to get my numbers to where I need them to be, because there's some episodes with guests. Where I'm like, Oh, that did a lot better. And then, then I'll have an episode with a guest. I'm like, oh, that didn't do shit. My solo episodes the week before and the week after did better than the one with the guest. So it's just a curious thing. And I'm, you know, I'm wrapping up the podcast. You guys know I, I don't normally go more than 30 minutes or so. And I just felt like getting honest with you guys about where I'm at with this. Because I do, I really want to keep going with it. I want to keep doing it. But I'm on, fuck, it's been four years. And yeah, there's been some stops and starts. Never too long, though. Obviously, the start of the pandemic, I didn't do it for most of that March and April. And then everyone started figuring out zoom. Then, um, you know, I took, I've taken a couple of uh, hiatus here or there. I remember taking the month of August off in 2021 to try to figure some stuff out too. So that maybe that's my fault. I probably killed off my own momentum a few times and now I got to get clever with building it back up and I got to make the clips cooler. I feel like I, I post some funny clips from this and the people who watch the clips like them, but they're just not getting spread out to enough. I don't know. I got to figure that out. Sorry. Sorry for if I'm being a drag here at the end. I just wanted to speak honestly about how I feel about a few things right now. So, so, th so that's that. I hope everyone has a great rest of your week. And, um, you know, if, if you like this podcast, uh, keep sharing it. I really appreciate everything you do. Got some exciting stuff on the horizon. It's going to be, we're all, we're all getting, we're all getting laid. We're all, we're all having big, we're all going to be rich. Everyone listening, our dreams are coming true. Know that. All right, you guys are the best. Thanks for listening to the Joe Kilgallen Podcast, a.k.a. Kilgallen's Pub. Cheers.